The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Amplify. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Well, welcome to the show. This is going to be a really fun and exciting show. I have to kind of pinch myself. We've had a lot of superstars already on the show this year, and I'm back in D.C., Andrea Adams-Miller and myself, and we have one of the guests who will be introduced momentarily. We are all on a the Marketer's Cruise. I think it's the 11th annual Marketer's Cruise, thanks to Captain Lou Edwards, and we may have a surprise call in or two, but I, I just wanted to say that uh, it's such a, a life shifting experience when you meet like-minded people that are playing at the top 1% game. And uh, these are some of the most intriguing, interesting, and uh, thought-provoking marketers in the world. They, we get hours together where we get to share uh, secrets of how to market better and uh, hot applications and software programs. And it really is uh, it, its a floodgate of information as well as a lot of opportunities to work together. And I was on the phone uh, yesterday with Jeff Bernard, who has just shared with me that he is going to be introducing his next book. His first book is Finding Your Frequency, and the next one is going to be called Following Your Frequency. So he just announced to me that we're going to be publishing and marking that book, and we should be having him on really soon, hopefully uh, next month. It's, it's hard to believe that uh, this, this show has really uh, been born because of his vision of creating uh, radio and TV opportunities for hosts and leaders to have a platform. And we're going to have him, Robert Cellino, and Ryan uh, Treasure on the show. That way we can wrap up the book, Amplified Gold. So I want to turn over the, the microphone, as it were, to Andrea so she can introduce our amazing guest. Well, since we have uh, two guests tonight, I actually was going to start by introducing Glenn Depke, who was with us on the Internet Marketers Cruise that we were just on. And uh, Glenn Depke, he's a traditional naturopath, and uh, this was his first time on the cruise, and so it's really a neat opportunity to hear how he thought about, you know, the events that we were at and what we did. Um, He um, really focuses on Depke Wellness, which is his own system of really helping people overcome uh, his specialty is adrenal fatigue, and he does so many other things. Um, and so instead of really like going into really depth about all the things he does, because he has uh, a practice in so many different areas of Chinese medicine and uh, EFT and, and all of this, I'd, I'd actually like just to bring him on and just have him talk about um, his experience and how he um, brought, you know, what he brought and what he took away from uh, you presenting, actually, Ken. So I kind of want to surprise you and get some feedback live about how well you did, because you got to present twice uh, on, the, on the ship. So, uh, Glenn, can you hear us Okay. Hi, yes, I can hear you perfectly. 
Yeah. So, um, so DepkeyWellness.com, D-E-P-K-E, Wellness.com. That's Glenn Depke. So, uh, Glenn, please share your experience with us from the cruise. Well, well it's interesting you, it, it, this came up so quickly. I, was, I just had a conversation with another business owner who owns a law firm that's doing some $10 million uh, in this past year. And I was explaining him the cruise. And I told him, I said, you know, by the time I paid for the cruise, the, the flight, the hotels, you know, the spending money, I said, I probably invested about 2500 on the cruise. But if I would have invested 10000 it would still still been more than worth that. And, and it, it was really from every direction, from all the leaders and what they had to share, and so many different levels tied into marketing. But the, the, the really, the, the big thing even beyond that is all the connections. I mean, 400 people in their own level of expertise tied into their business and how they market their business, how they share their business, how they're using social media, how they're using, you know, creating celebrity for themselves. And it, it really, it just goes on and on and on of all the different connections that you're making on that cruise that you, I can't think of one place anywhere else in the world where you're going to get in a room with that many people really focus in the same area, but from so many different modalities. It's, it's like the, the eternal ability to, to learn with it, within that, the, the whole format. It was just, just beyond awesome. Well, as you uh, prosper the rest of this year, Glenn, I think you'll find that if you were offered this cruise for 20, 30, and potentially even as high as $100,000, it's, it's, I'm not uh, exaggerating when I say there are people that make millions of dollars because of these connections. They, they don't necessarily make it the week after the cruise, but as you said before, these are relationships that you're, you're just starting. You don't know where you're going to go with them, and I think you're going to enjoy this program a lot because uh, one of the things we're going to bring up is the go-giver principle, and, and the more you uh, apply that to your life, the more relationships actually seed and turn into really abundant conversations. You know, that's awesome uh, and that you mentioned that because uh, Glenn and I just had a conversation before the radio show about how he gives back to both men and women, but primarily he's focusing on women right now and about especially people who are Internet marketers and people who are speakers and CEOs who travel all the time and have, you know, really high stressful jobs because their adrenals do tend to fatigue out and their ability to continue to give can become exhausted. So it's just kind of very poignant that this is all coming full circle. And Glenn, you were well, starting to say something. Yeah, I, I just wanted to say I, I'm I'm tickled to death with the fact that uh, uh, one of the offers of the Go Givers is on here because that is you know both of those books are are you know like one of the I would say the two of those are in my top ten reads of all time and I, I implement I've been implementing the Go Givers for uh, a number of years now and I, I think the concept concepts that are in that book are. It, I, there isn't anybody who shouldn't be reading that book. Probably the best way I could put it. Yes, well, I agree with you, Glenn. Well, we do want to make sure we uh, give some uh, a nice, not a, a nice amount of time for the first segment to uh, John, and we also just want to close out that cruise just by giving a thank you to um, Dave Van Hoos and Dustin Matthews, as well as Adam Kay and Debbie Montes for entrusting us to carry on the message of their mission to create bigger and better leaders on stage that have a bigger impact. So I'd like to just uh, head over to John right now and just say what a, a surprise and a treat this is because I've been in communication with Bob Burke probably since 2008. He was, pro- uh, he was the decision that I decided to actually create something called the Perfect Networker, and the Perfect Networker was supposed to be synonymous with the Go-Giver and that 
a perfect networker doesn't look at what he can sell or what he can pitch, but what he can learn another person needs and to actually satisfy that need. If he has that power within a 24-hour period, thereby contributing to that relationship and that and that um, mentality. So, John, I, I'm guessing that Bob Burke has had a little bit of an impact in your life. Just a little. Just a little. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, who who came up with the idea, and and how did it all evolve? You know, it's funny. Um, I, I've. My partnership with Bob, I've written with a lot of people. I've done a lot of books with a lot of co-authors. My partnership with Bob is unique. Um, I knew Bob because as an editor, I'd edited a bunch of stuff he'd written over the years. I'd never met him face-to-face, but we knew each other through email and through letters. And um, he came up with this idea. He had the idea. He had the idea. He wanted to write a book called The Go-Giver. He had a title. And, you know, he had a concept, which was, everyone knows what a go-getter is, so he had this idea, go-giver, which was the idea of taking the focus off of yourself and putting it on others, you know, that the idea of having an other focus rather than a me focus was not just a, a sort of philosophically satisfying way to live, but also a, a, a practical, a pragmatic, and actually an effective way to live as, as a business person, as a human in, in the world. And he knew me well enough to know that I totally clicked with that. And he said, "Listen, John, I um, I'm not a how I'm a how-to writer. I, I'm not really a writer writer. And so I don't want you to edit this. I can't write this book. I want you to write it with me. Uh, I want to go in fifty-fifty with you and be partners. So um, we did. Actually, a funny story about that because it took me a, took me a little bit of convincing to get me to do this. But because at first I didn't see the I just didn't see it. I didn't quite see the, the story. Uh, I couldn't quite see the potential at first. But I thought, it's Bob. And I love Bob. So I should give it a shot. So I sat down and started noodling around with, uh, with the ideas. Bob had put together some pages of draft notes, uh, a chapter, some characters, some ideas, some dialogues, and this and that, sort of a starting place. And I started noodling around with that. And the thing that bothered me is that we come from very different backgrounds. We're very different people. We have very different areas of expertise. Um, but we just clicked. We're completely simpatico in terms of philosophy. So um, when I said that, that he's kind of unique in my, in my co-author partnerships, what I mean about that is that it's like the go-giver was completely an amalgam of everything Bob was about and everything I was about. And it just it just clicked. The idea just clicked, and we we uh, we created a manuscript in I don't know like six weeks. And uh, I I would draft a few pages. I would draft a chapter, shoot it over to Bob. He would read it and say, "Ooh, that's awesome!" And then throw back some ideas and say, "What if you did this or that? Change this or change that?" And we bounced back and forth, and um, so we had a draft in six weeks. Th- there is a second. Part there's a left foot to that to that story, which is we had it done in six weeks, and it took us two years to get published. Wow! Why was that? When we started, uh, neither of us really had a beeline into New York publishing. Um, we we'd both published before, we'd both written a bunch, but but we really didn't have like the New York connection. We weren't mainstream authors, and we certainly didn't have an agent. Through a very circuitous route, which is really a fun story unto itself, um, uh, uh, but I'll make it very quick. Uh, 
friend that I hadn't seen for literally 20 years came out of the woodwork while I was drafting Go-Giver and suddenly showed up in my email and asked me if I would help him write a book. And I said, sure. And we, I helped him, and the book never happened, and nothing ever came of it. And he disappeared and literally disappeared. It's like his name is Gary. And Gary, if you're out there listening, call me, man, because <laughs> he borrowed $1,000 to, uh, to try to help him through a situation and vanished. But not before he introduced me to his agent and his agent. Um, became our agent. When Bob and I first drafted the book, we, we, we ginned up a, a mock cover that said the Go-Giver, like 14 million copies sold, and Oprah Winfrey recommended, and blah, blah, all the stuff that we just, we just totally made up, right? Our fantasy cover. And on our fantasy cover, it said, with a forward by Spencer Johnson. Now, Dr. Spencer Johnson was the guy who co-wrote The One Minute Manager, my favorite parable. And also authored uh, Who Moved My Cheese, phenomenally successful business author. We totally made that up. Neither of us had any, you know, had any connection to him at all. This, this agent that my friend Gary connected us to, turned out, was the agent who sold the one-minute manager. Hmm. Uh, so that's all to say making up make-believe covers of books works, folks. <laughs> Well, uh, I'm, a, agent. I'm a big believer in that, John. I, I always tell my authors, make the biggest and best inspiring cover yeah. you possibly can because that's going to inspire you to write it and complete it. Yeah, and, and make it what you believe in. You know, uh, make it a fantasy if you believe that because you have to actually, uh, you have to sign on. Bob and I both really did believe that this book would, 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 would go somewhere. The agent took it to New York and it was rejected a total of 22 times before the 23rd person finally said, yeah. And, um, and then, you know, the rest is, is sort of publishing history, and we've sold over half a million copies since, so the other 22 publishers are probably kicking themselves. But it, it did take us a year, uh, almost two years, to actually get the thing published. And, um, and, and we were really, really grateful that we, that we persisted as long as we did. And for Bob, this was his fourth book, roughly? Oh, gosh. Uh, he had Endless Referrals, which has been huge, and he'd done a few other books. So I think it was. It was uh, his fourth book. I'd done a bunch of books in the, in the direct sales and network marketing arena. I'd ghosted a bunch of books and co-written a bunch of books. and So we'd both published a bunch before, but really this was our first kind of mainstream publishing um, uh, effort. And uh, it's, it's, you know, it's been a great 10 years. That was about 10 years ago. It's been a great 10 years since then. And the, yeah, and the as, as I said, that court. book was handed to me. I read the book, and then I invested every cent I owned into a, a project called The Perfect Networker, and it evolved into a company. I, it, was a, it was literally just a name and a folder project of a social platform. And when I read the book, I said, these are the kind of guys I want to work with. And it was the practice company for creating the Umbrella Syndicate. So I've stayed in touch with Bob all this time, and it's, it's kind of really honestly a pinch myself situation that nine years ago I read a book caused me to get where I am today and it's it's coming kind of full circle so your yeah, your words your hearing. parable uh and and your ability to actually move people uh it was a page turner I really did finish the book in an hour or two I just absolutely loved it and I have I bought 150 copies for the launch of the perfect networker and had Bob come out and you know I thought Bob was you know bigger than life because of this book and 
come to find out, he was he was certainly talented. He had a speaking career, but this book catapulted him into stardom and is a authentic and heartfelt human being as well as a leader and a, an amazing speaker. So I, I know that this was a big shift for both of you. Oh, completely. Yeah, Bob is Bob is such a sweet individual. He's such an authentic human being. And he absolutely is. He's one of those people and, and there are there are many such people, I want to say. There are actually in the world a lot of such individuals who actually are the public person that you see. And then there are many who aren't, and we all know that. But right. Bob is one of those guys who actually is who you think he is. He is who he presents himself as. He is who he shows up as on social media. And uh, he's, he's just uh, a joy to work with. We, we, have, a, we have a blast together. In, we are, in fact, about to uh, write this spring. We're going to write our fourth book in the Go-Giver series. So we're looking forward to that. Can you tell the name? I cannot, because if I did, I would have to cause you bodily harm. But uh, oh, my <laughs> the Go-Giver, we got the Go-Giver, as you know, Go-Givers sell more, the second, about sales. The Go-Giver leader is the third. And the fourth, um, I know will, what it is. Will not be I know it. Can I guess? Sure, go ahead. The Go-Giver, Go-Trump. It's the Go-Giver <laughs> before Ringling Brothers goes away altogether. Uh, the Go-Giver congressperson. No, it, it's actually none of those things. Uh, the, <laughs> the Go-Giver go news anchor. Um, it'll have to be a surprise. We, we will let you know when it comes out. Very enough. Before it comes out. Very enough. Well, <laughs> let us be one of the first ones because we'll have you on. <laughs> there you go. Can't wait. So you have a red cover, a green cover, a blue cover, so we'll, we'll keep the color even a, a complete mystery. But I'm going to guess yellow, to, by the way. I have to I'm tell you, Ken, since you mentioned it, I've got to tell you that our, our partner's portfolio, our publisher, who, who came up with the original cover and have done all the covers, they have been such a dream to work with, and we, we are so fortunate. So we really, I, I'm grateful for those 22 no's, because the 23rd, that was a yes, was Portfolio, who has been just an incredible publishing partner. So let's hear it for the nose. Wow. <laughs> you know, uh, there's that, the reason I'm asking all these questions about this is because people that need to hear that you need to write a book or two or three or four or even up to ten, and then finally if you've got the talent and you've, you've raised the bar each time, you get noticed, you meet the right people, and you're at a, a whole different playing field. And it's interesting, but you're, the book that makes it will probably outsell all the other efforts times possibly ten you know, or more. So, yeah, amazing, yeah. amazing. Well, I'm I'm a little sad that uh, I didn't guess right. I'm even sadder that you won't tell us what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, tell us, uh, so we're going to be going to break in about, uh, I don't know, six minutes or so. Why don't you give uh, a synopsis of each of the distinguishing as uh, differences between the three books that you have out? Sure. You mean the Go-Giver book? Sure, absolutely. Yes. So, the, obviously, the Go-Giver itself, which came out in 2008, and it's interesting, it came out um, really just before the economy blew up. And it was, you know, we wondered, because the Go-Giver came out beginning of 2008, and then in the fall of 2008, the economy started blowing up, and then 2009, we started the new recession. And many wondered, uh, what's going to happen to this book when people are, are worried about, you know, their, their livelihoods and their survival? This little book talking about how it's, you know, good to look out for other people's interests more than your own, how's that going to work out? It, it, it seemed to increase. 
it touched a chord that, that, that thrummed louder as the economy worsened. And it's interesting. A lot of books, when they come out, they have a little bit of a sales bump, and then they kind of trickle off. The Go-Giver has increased in its circulation, in its sales, and its numbers um, year after year. This last year has been its biggest year ever. So it, it, it seemed to touch a chord in people that has been, has been really resonant. And that's so gratifying. The second book is called Go Givers Sell More, and it's it's ostensibly about sales. That's that's the topic. Um, it's really more. It's really more about how how you are in the world. But it's in the what we did in the second book is we we um, we kind of explained the five principles of the first book in a nonfiction way. It's not a story. It's not a parable. We actually wrote little tiny essays about each of the five principles, and we illustrated them with stories of people that we know, um, sort of to ground it in reality, so that people who said, yeah, this is nice, but does it, does it really work in the real world? They would have the opportunity to read stories, real people for whom, yeah, it really, these things really do work in the real world. Can you share, can you so, share one of the stories? A brief, yeah, a brief sure. aspect of it. There was, a, there was a story about there's a woman in uh, in, in St. Louis who, who uh, in the middle of the recession, she she was part of a networking group, and a business networking group, and they read the book and they decided to adopt as their principle that to be a member of the group you had to champion somebody else's business, not your own, and so they made their whole membership about the go giver principle of championing other people, and what they found was as they did that, all of their own. Uh, you know, all, all of their own uh, uh, business successes grew. All of their own, their own members' opportunities actually increased. Um, and, and a lot of stories like that. I mean, they're all short. They're, they're like one-page stories, but they're, they were really lovely to present. Um, so, and, and, it is, and it is also a sort of a tangible go-giver's practical guide to how to approach the world of sales whether you are nominally a salesperson or you're just in business in any way, um, from a go-giver perspective. The third you know, you mentioned the economy before, John. Sorry. John, you, yeah. you mentioned the economy and how it was uh, potentially inversely predictable yeah. that the go-giver yeah. would flourish as a result of money getting tighter. And I just wanted to throw in my two cents that uh, people that have less money typically have more time, and if they have more time, they can actually contribute more. And in contributing, it's testing the principles of the go-giver at a, a much higher level. You're getting more data, and uh, you're, you're getting your 10,000 hours or whatever amount of time you're putting into it to get uh, that, that tipping point that people know you as the good-hearted person or the, the person that has the character that they're truly about uh, collaboration and synergy. So I think your timing for the book with an a, a, a economy that was challenging actually did cause the principle to get tested more. It did. It did. Everything you just said is so true. And it's, you know, the, the, the core idea of the go-giver is to focus on value. You know, the first law is that, you, you know, your actual worth in the world is, is, um, is dictated by how much more you, you give than you take in payment. And it's, it's about how much you, you create for the world around you in value. And how valuable you make yourself is, uh, you know, can be measured in human terms. It's like how valuable your friends see you or the people who know see you as a, as a, as a person. But it's also, mar- it's also market value. You know, how valuable you make yourself as an individual in your field, in your career circle. Um, as the economy starts to, to falter and things become less secure, jobs become less secure, careers become less secure, entire industries become le- less predictable, 
how valuable you make yourself in a market sense is uh, is kind of the, the core of the of the go giver idea in that practical sense. So yeah, so it, the go giver sell more book is about sales, and it's also really about how to be uh, how to make yourself a valuable business commodity in in in, in the world of business. Well, I don't want to go to the go-giver leader um, in the first segment because our our platform and our message about Amplify is amplifying leadership. So we're going to spend mm-hmm. a lot more time, if you want to, on that book, and then we're going to talk about a lot of other things. But I wanted to just say that Andrea was the recipient of a go-giver type award last year. It's called the, uh, the Golden Heart or the Gold Heart, and it's given oh. to the person that contributes the most to the 400 people on the ship. And she was actually... Uh, possibly going to get it a second time this year, but no one's allowed to win it two times in a row. So a gentleman, Timothy J. Johnson, um, scored the, the most votes to get the, the Gold Heart Award. And I just wanted to say that uh, on, on the air and for the record, uh, the first two books, I think, are a great accompaniment that if we can get a sponsor uh, to see the light, uh, the marketing cruise is all about collaboration. There's no pitching. You are completely there to collaborate make friends. In fact, Captain Lou Edwards, who is the visionary for the, uh, the, the marketers cruise says the best, uh, the best ships are friendships. And so he's, Mm -hmm. he's all about really promoting that ideology. And so I'm going to talk to him about what it would take to get uh, a a volume purchase of the go-giver and potentially the accompaniment of, of, of sell more because the, the, the premise of getting on that boat is not just to collaborate, it's to cause your clients to have more abundance. And in doing so, you're, you need to learn the, t- the, the tactics, principles of the go-giver selling more. And so I think one is the, the foundation, the other one is actually the abundant factor. I love that. I love what you said at the top of the, of the session when you, you talked about how you, you may not see the impact of that in the next week or the next two weeks, but over the year because that's kind of the whole idea that, that Bob and I promote, that when you, when you follow this path, you may not see the direct result you know, the next day or that weekend or that Monday because the universe doesn't necessarily always work in straight lines. But you will see the result in spades, in, in, in magnified numbers, um, just, just around the corner, if you have the faith and the patience and, and the heart to, to proceed in that, in that way, as it sounds like Andrea has, has done as a way of life, which is awesome. Yeah, and underline heart like about 100 times, because the person's yeah. heart isn't doing this to, to get the, the count and the return and the ROI for their, their efforts. They're actually doing this because they completely believe in the principle. You know, when I did this, Don, I decided that the day I read the book, I would do it for one whole year, no questions asked. I would not even really discuss my business because discussing your business to people that don't, aren't, don't have a go-giver mentality, you're not really going to be able to, to fuel it, you're going to be able to fuel it if you take that action. So, uh, I, I did it straight for one year, and it was the difference maker. And I knew after that point, I never had to go backwards to being a go getter. And just to kind of finish the segment out, I, I want to say that the the first book talks about the go getter working ten times harder than the go giver and making about one tenth as much because they're constantly in on the rat race, they're on the treadmill, just moving and grooving, but they have to take care of themselves instead of hundreds and thousands of other people taking care of them and, and sharing, sharing the thank yous and the, the karma that you deserve when you're making all these moves. And I, and I constantly hear people say, oh my gosh, I give all the time and 
um, I get a fraction of that back. Well, they got to keep doing it because it does tip. It, you become a staple of a person that people want to do business with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, so, and it's a tricky thing because you can't do it from the, as you say, from the point of view of what am I going to get? Because you kind of spoil. It's like spoiling the mood. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely correct. So uh, we can actually uh, take to break and we're going to come back in about a minute and we will go into the go-giver leader and all kinds of other fun stuff. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash the Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Get a unique and playful insider's take on the biggest stories in tech, media, and entertainment. Join Lori H. Schwartz, well-known technology catalyst, comedian, and geek girl, as she and leading experts in the media and content business dive into the biggest stories in technology trends, consumer behaviors, and its impact on Hollywood. If you're looking to respond to the tech-fueled changes in the marketplace, then tune in to the Tech Cat Show Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business and syndicated to Voice America Women's Channel. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. How is your work-life balance? In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. Welcome back to the second segment. Wow, what a first segment. Uh, the go-giver co-author and also the go-giver sells more. And we were talking during break, and I had shared with Glenn about uh, how he was feeling about the first segment and, and the application of that particular philosophy uh, with what he does in life. So, Glenn, I, I wanted you to just uh, chime in with what you got out of that first segment. 
Well, you know, when I, when I really reflect on it, I think about the go-giver from the perspective of, you know, how are you the go-giver to yourself? Yeah, you know, it's the, the whole premise of my latest book, Fat, Fatigued, and Frustrated, is about taking care of the simple things for you. Yeah, you know, so are you, are you breathing well? Are you drinking well? Are you eating well, sleeping well, moving well? Are you thinking well? And when we can actually incorporate the, that go-giver mentality to ourselves first, it enables us the, the power and the position to really be the go-giver for everybody else in our lives. And, and to me, that's, that's the epitome of, of everything being discussed today. I think uh, John is, I heard him scribbling on some paper. I bet he's writing the fifth book right now, The Go-Giver is Me, to myself. <laughs> good, good job on that one, Glenn. So, um, you know, a lot of people don't realize how important breathing is and how it changes everything about how you think, feel, and are able to do. So give some, uh, give some techniques on how people could practice and actually get the experience of the power of breathing. Oh, absolutely. And it's one of the most simple fundamental things we could do to make the biggest change in our life, not only physically, but also with how our body reacts to stress. And what everybody can do at any time, at any day, we can all either sit, sit up straight in our chair or stand, stand up straight and tall, take, breathe in through your nose for approximately a count of eight, hold that breath for about four seconds, and then forcefully exhale through the mouth for about another count of eight, and, and basically, just in that very simple tool, you will put your, your body into a relaxed state, and you will actually change how you're perceiving the world around you, and you'll significantly increase oxygen flow to the, to the cells in your body. Yeah, so, and that's something that all of us can do in any moment of every day. You know, I, and just doing that, and it reminded me of being on the, the cruise and having a couple people work on my breathing I can totally see that if you're reading this, the book, The Go-Giver, and you are practicing your breathing techniques, that you are actually getting completely at peace, that there is no risk in being a go-giver, and the way you'd feel, you'd actually resonate with other people because you'd be in the, the most peaceful state. What do you think of that, John? Well, you know, it's funny. There really isn't a dichotomy between supporting other people and supporting yourself, between feeding others and feeding yourself, between giving to the world and, and giving to yourself. People often see it as a either or. Like, if I'm a selfless person, that means I have to deny myself. And it really, I think it really doesn't work that way. You can't serve the world from an empty basket. You really need to take care of yourself and give to yourself and serve yourself. So, yeah, maybe that should have been the first co-giver book. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think this is, this is really a brilliant uh, part of the conversation because without having Glenn and, and Andrea actually thinking to bring him on, I wouldn't have seen that very important message that when we forget that we have to give to ourselves first so we can give to others. And it, it is so true. If, you, if, you're able to, if you want to change the world, you have to have a lot of resources. One would be energy, but the other one would have to be actually abundance because you have more than you need so you can give. And the people that have the most money have the most power to make an impact and be an even bigger go-giver. So I, I think that um, the go-giver mentality, if you can actually believe that you can serve millions of people, you'll have the Zig Ziglar approach. Uh, I mean, the Zig Ziglar quote come into action, which is the, if you want to be successful, help others be successful. And the more people you help become successful, the more successful you'll become. 
You know, so in the Go-Giver, there's five laws, and the fifth law is the law of receptivity, which says that the only way you can continue to give is if you stay open to receiving. Without exception, Bob and I have found over a decade, that's the one that people tell us, man, I have a tough time with that one. I believe it. Well, that actually well, leads me to one of the main questions that kept getting repeated, and it's a huge lesson for me because I give to the extent that, um, you know, I tap myself out <laughs> and there's not anything more to give. And uh, so I've been actually challenged this whole month of January to just receive, and it, it, is, it was it's been challenging and um, you know certainly the breath has helped and um, my friends have actually put me in situations where like they've put me in places where like I had no money or did whatever and I had to just receive from other people and not say anything and um, it actually all did work out and happen and uh, so I'm really glad that you guys are addressing that because I know I'm I'm not alone and being people who uh, love to ridiculously give to other people but and not being receptive to receiving well, I'd like to uh, I'd like to close out this segment of the first two books with just an example of what. Uh, so Glenn was talking about how to breathe, and he, he gave the, the counts. I would like to give a, a short example of how I have really honed in on making networking powerfully. I go to a networking event, and I might meet thirty people, might even get thirty business cards, but I focus on one to three people that I can actually change their life. And I think about what I could do within the next 24 hours. And so many people get overwhelmed with that 30 counter, that 50 counter, however many cards they're collecting. And they forget that if they just drill down to the, the people they could make the biggest difference for and do that, they would really have the impact they need to be considered a go-giver, whether you call someone just gracious or a connector, or all those other lovely words, you would be known as the person that really makes a difference. And I found that the bigger you are as a go-giver, the more people together start talking about you. For instance, if you say, I know someone that could really make a big difference, I'm going to uh, connect you guys. And when you connect, those two people are spending at least the introduction part of the time talking about what a wonderful person you are. And they're, they're, building, they're building you as a character, but they're also thinking about how they can contribute back. And it's, so it's complete action uh, towards the go-giver creating abundance. So thank you. Thank you again for writing that book uh, and, and, uh, seeing Bob Berg's vision, because if you hadn't, I know Bob Berg has given a lot of credit for that book, and he always stops people and he says, and my co-author, John David Mann. So um, the, the, the story reads and flows and feels wonderful because of what you did to that book. So let's talk about the leadership book, The Go-Giver Leader. Tell, tell us, because this, this program is about attracting authors, speakers, and leaders to step up to the plate to believe they can make a bigger difference in the world. What's in it for them for uh, doing that, uh, reading the book, and what can they get from the book? Oh, man. You know, the, the third book, The Go-Giver Leader, is, for me, Ken, it's, it's, in a way, it's the most personal of the three Go-Giver books, the three current Go-Giver books. There's, um, there's a lot that happens to the character, Ben, in that book that's, that's taken from the pages of my life. So it's, it's, it's a very meaningful book to me personally. But you know, leadership has always been something that has fascinated me and, and absorbed me. My father was a choral conductor, and, and I, I started out in, in life um, being an entrepreneur, and I created a high school when I was, when I was in high school myself. And I've always been, been kind of intrigued with, with how, do you, how do you move a large group of people to do something magnificent. I played under my father, watching him move his hands and seeing, you know, 200 people create something magnificent because of the way his fingers move. 
Um, so this this book was was uh, kind of a love letter to the idea of how can one person make a difference. That you know, a wonderful John Denver song, "What One Person Can Do." I forget the exact words. Um, that's to me the essence of the Go Giver Leader: is how can you, as an individual single person, make the most magnificent impact on the world around you through the agency of the people. And so Bob and I kind of took a look at that and, and looked at it through the, through the eyes of Pindar, our, our mentor, through the, through the eyes of the go-giver. And that's, um, that's how that book came to be. And what are some of the, uh, where are some of the holdbacks that people have in business in leadership that they would learn in this book? You know, there's there's a little bit of this and that. I mean, there are many there, there are so many different leadership principles. I've written other leadership books with other other uh, accomplished leaders. Um, I wrote a book called uh, uh, "Take the Lead" that was uh, Washington Post named the best leadership book of 2011 with a, with a political leader. I've, I've seen leadership in business and politics and in lots of areas. We tried to get to the heart of leadership when we talk. We talk about the principle of leading from the big picture about leading from the ground. A leader really has to see the stars and has to see the nuts and bolts. Um, so we kind of approach a lot of, a lot of aspects of, of leadership, but it comes down to finally the go-giver principle, which is that the way to be the most effective leader is to give leadership to others. Um, you know, I, I used to co-edit a magazine with a friend of mine in the direct sales world, and we would have two different kinds of people come to us. We would have huge sales leaders in the field come to us and say, I have an incredible business. You should write about me. And then we would have people come to us and say, I have this guy in my business. He's 25 years old. He's amazing. You should write about him. Now, I want you to guess which one of those we wrote about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So is, is, uh, is Donald Trump a go-giver leader? <laughs> I am going to go ahead out of the limb and say, you know, when you, when you get up on stage and say America first, I mean, I understand that we, that we, need, to, uh, to, we need to strengthen our bridges and our roads. But, you know, to me, the essence of a go-giver leader is the go-giver leader says, I'm going to put myself last. I'm going to put the world first. I'm going to put others first. I'm going to put you first. I'm going to put the person coming to me for advice first. I'm going to put my children first. I'm going to put my spouse first. I'm going to put my protege first. Because when I do that, I give the very best I have to give. And I end up enriched by that. And who is one of your favorite presidential leaders? I mean, it's hard not to say Abraham Lincoln. I mean, how can you not? Um, I could, you know, such a, uh, such a, a singular position in history, kind of like uh, William Wilberforce, who held a singular position in history. But, you know, uh, I, I love to go back to George Washington and back to the, the famous Roman Emperor Cincinnatus. I mean, the, uh, uh, you know, the, the thing about Washington was so cool is that he served his term, he did what he had to do, and then he stepped down. It was never, it was never about him. It was never like, hey, you should reelect me. Hey, you should get my guys in. 
um, there was there was a genuine servant leadership, I think. And maybe we tend to mythologize that and, and exaggerate that. I don't know. I wasn't there. I didn't know the guy. <laughs> but from what I can read, the leaders that I admire are those who don't uh, who don't belabor their own place in history, but who belabor the history that they're trying to contribute to. Well, the reason I had to ask the question is because I, I don't think we could have a more ironic uh, juxtaposed position between your book and the current president. <laughs> I had to ask because it, it does not seem like he's read these books, and if if he was even handed them, I don't know if he'd have an interest. I'm not saying that to be mean, but his... his no, 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 not at all, not at all. But let me say this. Let me say this about, about just a political point, which is that one of the things that really gratifies Bob and me both so much is that in our, in our current new edition of The Go-Giver, we have Ariana Huffington with, writing the forward and Glenn Beck endorsing it on the back cover. And if you have Ariana on the front and Glenn on the back, then, you know, you, you pretty well have all bases covered. <laughs> You said Glenn Depke? You have Glenn Depke on the back? <laughs> Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck. Yes, Glenn Depke, that guy. They have a Glenn. Of course. <laughs> so you had Ariana uh, do the first uh, forward as well for the, the initial Go-Giver, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, for the Go-Giver. Exactly. And it's how, how important was know... Go ahead. Sorry? I'm sorry. How important was it to have Ariana do the forward? You know, uh, she, we, we wrote a, our publishers came to us in, uh, actually two years ago and said, listen, coming up in the 10th anniversary, wouldn't it be cool to do a brand new edition? And so for that, we, uh, through Adam, wonderful Adam Grant, the MIT, the, uh, sorry, the, um, uh, you know, what's the, the Philadelphia famous business school I'm spacing at the moment. Um, anyway. The, uh, the, the, Wharton, the Wharton professor who wrote Give and Take, uh, Adam right. Grant introduced us to Ariana, who graciously agreed to write a forward. So that was for the new edition of the book. At the same time, Glenn Beck had gotten a hold of the book and given copies to all of his employees. And, you know, Glenn being famously an arch-conservative and Ariana being famously an arch-liberal, it was really gratifying to us with a new edition to have, you know, both a, a liberal icon and a conservative icon endorsing the core principle because we really believe it's not about a political point of view. It's about a core human point of view. That I think anybody of integrity from any branch, any aspect, any arm or perspective is going to resonate with. Exactly. And I think the go-giver leader uh, to that point is whichever president you have, when they bring both parties together, they produce and they are happy about producing together and they, they, they cause efficiency. The, the problem with uh, the polarizing aspect is that everyone is actually fighting and it's so inefficient the way that it things come out. And all the work that uh, Obama did, obviously, is in question right now, because the first thing Trump wants to do is take that down. And it's not a political show, so we'll get off this real quick. But when you talk about leadership, I think it's important that people realize that it's about bringing people together, and it's about seeing their vision and, and supporting it so that you are actually being a leader for them. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it's, right. and it's, about, the, and it's about the extraordinary impact that forgive the expression, quote, ordinary people have. I mean, we look to the people who are nominal leaders, to the presidents, to the, to the speakers of the House, to the, you know, to the leaders of the Congress, to leaders who are appointed to office, but who Bob and I tend to look at is not people who are appointed to office, but people who, by their actions, 
create around them a magnetic field that looks like leadership. You know, Gandhi wasn't ever appointed to lead the independence of the nation of India. It wasn't anything that anybody voted on. It was because of just who he was. It was because of what he did. The same thing was true with William Wilberforce. The same thing was true with, with Lincoln, even though he was elected. Uh, so, you know, there is, there is sometimes a confluence of appointment with destiny. But we, we care more about the, the magnetic field created by a person's heart and a person's actions than about what the, uh, what the trappings of office say they are. Did you, are you a movie guy? Do you like movies a lot? Love them. Totally a movie did you, guy. Did you see uh, Deep Water Horizon, the new movie with Mark Wahlberg? Ah, did not see it yet. No, missed that one. It's a great, well, it's a current movie. It just came out, uh, and it's, it's, it's got a great aspect of leadership to it. Mark Wahlberg is, is simply an engineer, but he knows so much about the, the functioning, the systems, everything. And yeah. just, I'll, just, I'll just entice you to watch it because there's a part where uh, one of the corporate guys misuses leadership to say, hey, because you're disagreeing with me, I'm going to put down that you do not work well with, you know, management. And this guy was just <laughs> making sound engineering decisions. And, and obviously, you know, the, re- the, the thing blew up because he was pressured into making a bad decision about, he had you know, my, my, Navy, my Navy SEAL memoir, The Red Circle, is really fundamentally all about good leadership and bad leadership. It's my favorite topic. <laughs> Very good. Well, I think we should go to round robin because we'll have a little more time to dig into some unpredictable questions and answers. So uh, I would like, since you have three books that you've written that have touched so many people's lives, why, why don't you share three books that you did not write that have uh, really changed your life and caused you even to be inspired to be a writer? Uh, easy. The first book, uh, you know, the most influential book in my entire life was, was the entire Narnia series by C.S. Lewis, and of those, The Last, The Last Battle. Um, it was, when I finished reading that book, I burst into tears and couldn't go to school for days because I was so moved. I didn't know why I was so moved. I was like 10 years old, but it profoundly uh, affected my, my view of the universe. I didn't even know how at that time. Um, the magic age so that was to read that, that chronicles. Pardon? That's a very magic age to read those chronicles. I read it when I was 11, oh. 10 through 12. Yeah, such a magnificent book. I still, C.S. Lewis, such a wonderful man. Yes, um, he is. Such a wonderful mind. He died the same day JFK did. How bizarre. Um, it is bizarre. The second book that really influenced me profoundly was Bug Mr. Fuller's Operating Manual for Spaceship Earth. I read everything Bug Mr. Fuller wrote. I met him. I wrote a piece of music to his stuff. Um, he, he influenced me profoundly when I was uh, a young man. Um, that's Buckminster Fuller, great thinker. The third book, it's interesting, I, these days, all I write is nonfiction, and all I read is fiction. My, I love great fiction, and I spend all my reading time reading great fiction. My favorite book of all time is a book called Behind the Scenes at the Museum by Kate Atkinson, a British author who was, became uh, hot a couple of years ago for writing Life After Life, a sort of reincarnation, sort of weird kind of novel. But, but that, that book, Behind the Scenes at the Museum, is my, my number one favorite book of all time. And I guess for, for uh, special mention, I'll mention Stephen King's book, On Writing. Anybody who wants to be a writer or write at all, you got to read On Writing by Stephen King. Magnificent book I read. I go back to and back to. 
Well, I applaud you. You snuck in roughly 12 books into the three book. (laughs) 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 All right. uh, Let's give Glenn an opportunity. Glenn, ask your question, please. Ask a question for John? Yep. Okay. All right. Well, I, I just think the biggest thing is that, you know, and, and, and thank you for, I didn't realize I missed the third book with the leaders. And it's, so it's on that premise, what do you think is the single biggest thing that, you know, myself as a business owner and somebody who uh, really has a passion for helping people in this world, what's the single biggest thing that I can do to really be the leader that I need to be to, as, you know, the quote that we uh, have already been mentioned by Ken, you know, with Gandhi, you know, to be the change that you want to see in this world? You know, it's the single, I think the single most important thing is, is a binary thing. It's a thing with two, side, two faces to it. It is to have faith like a rock and humility like water. And I guess what I mean by that is, I think that, that you need to believe 100% in what you are passionate about and what you have to offer, offer to the world in your value, in your value to the world. And at the same time, uh, rest in the knowledge that you don't know everything and that the greatest ideas that will animate your life, will come to you from the outside, that the greatest things that will ever happen to you will be things that you haven't planned and never could plan, and that the greatest insight you will ever have will come from someone who isn't you. Awesome. Andrea? Powerful. Well, I'd like to know, when you were a little boy, what did you want to be? (laughs) I wanted to be Batman. Awesome. Even though that was already taken. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I wanted to be a superhero. I wanted to put on a costume and save the world. Um, I still do that. I just don't put a costume on. I put on, uh, a, uh, I put on words. Nice. So we just went on a cruise, and I, I've been to a little over 100 countries. What country is your favorite, and what country would you love to go to? Ha-ha. My mom was a teacher of Greek mythology, and she took mm-hmm. a bunch of the school kids to Greece when I was young, and it was magnificent. It was magical. Um, you know, I, I, I guess my favorite country is the one that I'm in. I, I, there is a lot about this country that I just adore. It's bizarre. It's weird. It's, uh, it, it, it is full of contradiction, and I, and I adore it. Um, what country would I love to go visit? You know, there's so many, but I guess I, I would love to go to Indonesia so I could hear gamelan music in its native environment. Awesome. Glenn? Country? No. What, do you have a question for John? Oh, uh, additional question. Um, I'll tell you what. I'll let Andrea uh, ask a question. We'll come back to you. Okay. Go ahead, Andrea. Okay. Yeah. Um, John, I would like to know if you had a nickname when you were a child that's never been publicly outed yet. <laughs> <laughs> I did. My brother, when he heard we were going to have, my older brother, when he heard we were going to have a baby, uh, said, ooh, BB, BB. And so my nickname became BB which uh, I was often teased as a youngster by friends who would call me either Bridget Bardot or Betty Boop, because those both are Mitchell's BB. So I was BB for, you know, years. It's scarred well, we actually, I don't think I've ever gotten over it. We're down to about a minute, so I have two very, very quick questions. One is, what's your favorite quote? What, what quote do you live by? Uh, you have a quote? What quote do you live by? Or that you like to uh, say or share? 
I would say whoever first said, I love you. That's a good one. And then for our audience to stay in touch with you and follow you, what's the best way for them to do so? My website, johndavidman.com. I'm, I'm on social media, some Facebook, Twitter, here and there. But um, you know, principally, all, all my books are on my website. All of my writings on my website. All my stuff is there, johndavidman.com. And for those awesome. of you listening, John is with an H and man is with two N's, johndavidman.com. Thank well, you, John, you have been a pleasure to have on as a guest. It's a wonderful surprise to come off a cruise and to have Andrea uh, give the, co- uh, the, the co-author of The Go-Giver. Uh, Bob Berg is one of my ultimate heroes. So getting to know you, I, I see why there's so much magic and synergy. And also just really the Go-Giver principle working between the two of you to create these gifts. So you have been amplified. Thank you for all you do, and thank you for the inspiration you're giving this planet. Thank you so much. And Glenn, Andrea, thank you guys. Thank you, everybody there. Thank uh, you. Have a great night. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplify. Be sure to join Ken Rashan again next Tuesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, go get your message heard. 